Just a quick warning, this podcast series contains discussions about crime, trauma, sexual abuse, drug use and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Jeff Morgan is an Aboriginal man that grew up on the mean streets of Redfern's block. Jeff was a career criminal. Jeff was a professional armed robber, talented sportsman and spent 17 years of his life in prison. Jeff's life changed when he was in prison in Melbourne and he got a nutrition degree. Today, Jeff's life is a lot different. He's an inspirational man that is a life coach, nutritionist, and a mentor to many people. Jeff Morgan, welcome to The Stick Up. Thanks for having me again, Rusty. No worries. Pleasure. Mate, I really wanted to have you back because I reckon your story is just amazing. I've known you for a long time now. I first come in contact with you in around about 1994-95 MRC, Long Bay. Kevin, a really good Aboriginal mate of mine, like really talented Aboriginal football mate of mine, Kevin Hinton introduced, sort of said, hey, you know. But, um, good old mate, Kevy. Yeah. Champion. Mate, let's go. Let's fucking, what's the Jeff Morgan story? Where'd you grow up? I'm, you grew up in the mean streets of fucking Redfern, the block, the notorious Absolutely. Redfern block. Tell us about the upbringing there, mate, what was going on there? The block, I think it came through, no, I'll rephrase that, it came through a generation of trauma, hurt, heartache, pain and, yeah, anger, distrust. Imagine being in any relationship with any girl, right, or anyone, anyone mm. in any relationship, and I treat you bad, Russ, and, you know, I do it constantly, I lie to you, I deceive you and all of the above. Mm. That's what we as a community saw from the government and the in world. In particular, the police, point. yeah. Yeah, police, especially at that time. And even government was the enemy. And there was um, a lot of racism there. Racism, the stolen generation. Like I said, it's easy for people to say, oh, just get over it. But if I cheat on you as a partner, you're upset. And then mm. I say, just get over it, Russ. Mm. And that's just one layer. Add yeah, 15 different them. layers and now you say to me, just get over it, Russ. What's your problem, brother? You know, deal with that. That's what you had in our community. And we had a very staunch community. No one wanted to come there. Cabs wouldn't go there. You jump in a cab in the city and say, drop me out. Redford, and they're like, get out. Mm. You wouldn't have people walking around the streets um, it, Unless you're a black fella, eh? Yeah, it was a no-go zone. Like, and it extended out to Waterloo and anywhere yeah. in between. And yeah. you know, I had a pass through there because all the black black fellas. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know with all the black. You know, I'd, I'd go there with Darren Trindle yeah, and yeah, that yeah, tricky, yeah, the so original I'm... Tricky Trindle, Daryl Trindle's brother, and I was sweet after that. That's it. You know, some I'd been vouched for. That's I could walk how, through how you there. Got in, right? And even then, it was traumatic. If Dad, you know, Daryl would leave, Darren um, yeah. would leave you, then you're in a bit of a sticky situation because someone else who might not know you pushed the limits. And yeah. it's just how our um, community was. You got running riots with police, picking up bricks, throwing them at cop cars. Tell me that this. That was I just totally wanna, normal for I wanna, us. I want to understand that. The reason why you threw bricks at cop cars are the what would be the reason for that? Had they been kind to you and generous to you and, oh, and empathetic man. in? It was a running battle, to be honest, at that point in time. You get picked up. I got bashed once, taken out to Colonel Phillip. People that don't know how far that was. It's probably a good hour from Redfern at that point in time as a 12, 14, 15-year-old kid. Put in the back of that bull wagon, you know, slung from side to side so the steering wheel doesn't do that by mm. itself. Yeah. And you good Hit every pothole on the way up. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the potholes were usually dished out with their fists. Mm. I'm a young kid, you know. I think as role modelling for our community, as we're older now, you look oh. back on that, 
role modelling, these are the people that are meant to be role modelling around mm. law and around leaders within the community and this is what was dished out. No wonder I had distrust for the world. And Was it during it or was it racially motivated? I think, yeah, you look back at some of the series, there was a series um, that they did down there, documentary, and some of that was the conversations that were captured on camera. Sudi's mm. documentary um, were clearly I remember when they were calling motivated. what they said about Wes Patton. I remember, remember what they said? And, and that was that documentary, you know, you look at that those sorts of conversations. Can you repeat what that copper said? I can't remember it to... It's, I don't want to say it because it's not my place as a white yeah, fellow to say it, but it was, um, it was a very racial... It was a very was bad a racial, racial comment. A racial slur directed at uh, NRL footballer Wes Patton. Yeah, and he was playing NRL at the time and, you know, it was just all along the lines of, you know, our people not mm. being... Um, good enough and so-and-so. And not being respected. Yeah, that, like any conversation with any human should have respect behind it, Russ. Mm. And as soon as you lose that respect, you're going to bash me and you're going to repeat that process. And it's not just you now, it's your family and all. It's intergenerational. Right, which is the police at that point in time. Then why am I going to have respect? And when you drive past, I'm going to pick up a brick and I'm going to do. And then when you jump out and run for your lives, we're going to burn the car. That's how we will build at that point. But you're throwing a pocket full of hurt in that brick. Hundred percent. What you've percent. got in that, what you've got in that, in that brick is a pocket full of hurt. Do you know behind all that too, Russ? I came from a um, dark background, similar to yourself. Physical abuse in the family home, and you know, um, I was looking for someone to help me, mm. and the police were meant to have done that apparently right mm. but it never happened so I was already angry about that then throw in what happened to Aboriginal people and all of the above right and you've got this toxic mix of this kid who says ain't you supposed to be my protector you're not well stuff you then and and that's I'm uneducated I'm young I'm influenced by the community and I've gone out and just went well you want to go in a battle and I had this mentality Russ and I still do to this day which is great for my business where um I'll take anything to its nth degree even when I was in jail hmm. I was of the nature you want to go at it you better be ready to go to the end yeah, of it well ready. because I'm like I'm sweet and I I think having that in yourself is a good quality that transferred into the world we're in now hmm. around business, around life because yeah. now we just say, you know, if I'm going into business, I'm going to go to the end of it. I'll do hmm. something with yourself, Rusty. Let's go to the highest degree of nature around this hmm. conversation and what was a, a day? But Just tell me, what was a day in the like of a kid waking up in a war zone Crazy. being Redfern Block? <laughs> Wake up uh, late, definitely late because yeah. we'd be up to – a lot of our stuff happened late, early mornings. Mm. You know, when everyone was sleeping, we were out and about, and that was our that was our shift, yeah. I, I suppose. And then, you know, um, I'd get up at lunch. I always ate well, yeah. even back then. I, I yeah. well, I'd probably lie about that. I ate pretty well, mm. but a lot of there was fast foods yeah. in, in amongst that all the time because you're on the go. Mm. Um, when you're earning or making money, you're out and about and sometimes you just want to keep doing something because you're on a bit of a roll, mm. drive through, um, get up, conversate, usually just – and the conversation's all in secrecy. Come yeah. meet me. You know, Different lingo. We've got our own language. Yeah, yeah, meet here, meet there. And we had set places and we wouldn't even say – what are you up to today as an example? And that would say, meet me at this place mm. or good morning mm. and that would mean another place. So we mm. wouldn't even say, meet us at this place. Yeah, it was all coded. Yeah, it was all coded and then you'd go and meet the person at that place. You'd have signals to do things um, at different times so they knew that something was about to go down. If, some, you know, you had a 
thing, little movements to each other, yeah. and we were very aware of one another. We then go out and start to sort of hustle and bustle into the world, and yeah, for us to go and do a bank robbery, bank snatch as a young kid, mm. we walk in the bank. How old? <sighs> Honestly, probably 14 was my first, I oh. reckon, in around 14. Yeah. I ended up serving three years for a bundle of bank snatches, similar yeah. to So yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. I don't even remember how many charges yeah. I had that day. Yeah. Just whatever. You took a lot of yeah. pride in if there was a fair few. <laughs> no, 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 snatches. I'm, a I'm the best. <laughs> I think I... How do you? You got 12. I reckon I was um, pretty you know dirty. I was. We had a good day that day in, in the criminality world at that point in time and we'd made a lot of money at the end of the day but what? and we kept hearing on the scanner that they mm. were looking for us and we didn't really care. We were in a nice car and whatever else. And you were the... Your gang was the first of the... Gangs that would jump in the counters at the banks, yeah? We were very innovative, not only in that, the ram raids, the bank snatches, and then everybody sort of followed suit, even searching. Mm. Graffiti, when I first started, mm. I became very popular and well-known within the graffiti world. Mm. Um, I always, as I said, just went to the highest end. Yeah, if yeah. I was going to do graffiti... You're going to be good at it. When the Tangara came out, I was the first one to go down and get, get my name on it at that yeah. point in time. Those sort of... That were but memorable. that's a thrill. And that's a... But, but what's you know behind, why? But what's behind that Validation. Didn't, uh, my recognition. Par- my parents didn't validate me. Mm. They didn't love me. So I was like, well, I'll go out and I went into survival mode, food and so forth. Mm. And when I started to do that and I was doing things with the discipline that my father mm. taught me, other people were starting to say, hey, Morgs, um, I'll be in your crew. Mm. I'll run with you. And then I'd look at people and I'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm not fussed on being a part of this person's life unless they were a high-end operator, mm. and, which meant that they Quality. didn't lie to me, they respected mm. me, I respected them back. We looked out for one another. They'd do things, they train, they kept themselves fit, healthy. So I sort of almost filtered out people. So, so you basically you went to a professional level because most of the people doing those crimes at the time were drug dependent. Absolutely. So my, very rarely did I go out with someone of, um, who was on drugs and mm. it wasn't because um, it was more I just felt that maybe they weren't going to operate at the highest level at that point in time where they're looking for things or miss things that they might have saw that I didn't see and that might cost us time, you know, and, and no one likes being locked up, especially back then. So I, I did it for a long time. I made an exception down in Melbourne for a bloke who was um, – you know, to me, he was a very high-end operator around what he did. Came out, um, unfortunately, he was the one under surveillance at that point in time because he was dabbling in other stuff mm. at the time, um, making a whole heap of money in respect to him in that world at that point in time. But, um, it, yeah, same thing. It cost us um, seven years. Um, but but uh, similar to what you spoke about, Russ, the last time you got tackled at a bank, it, it, you know, to me it was a real positive. To it was be a blessing. With. Yeah. I just want to backtrack a bit. Mm. With you, you had a, like everyone sort of talks about Jeff Morgan as saying the best driver, best case, best chase driver in Sydney. A lot of people have said to me, mate, that bloke, man, can drive. If, if he was behind the wheel of a car, you're guaranteed you're not going to get pinched. Yeah. And that's that. That's that elite sort of that elite level. But tell us what it's like to be sitting beyond the driver's seat of a Porsche mm. 911 or a 911 or a 930 twin turbo. Like, a, what's it like? How fourteen-year-old kid man driving a car like that that does three hundred k's? You got to ask yourself. It's pretty insane, eh? And like, I I'm blessed to still be here today because I know at the speeds we've done, yeah, you know, at 
there was times where we had this little thing and it was Gladesville Bridge. We'd always come back that way mm. through the – there's a whole heap of back of Lane Cove and um, – Lovely roads. Crow's Nest and so forth. We'd come hit that road. It was all bends mm. and we'd just, like I'm telling you, we'd be at full speed the whole way, hit the Gladesville Bridge and you got a good run up to it and then down the bridge and mm. our mentality was yeah. let's see if we can get the car up to 300 k's an hour and you just think if you – no, I don't know, if a dog ran out, well, yeah, a stray dog mm. or something or anything, even if you hit a bit of oil on the road at mm. the time, we would have been pieces on that road and it happened many times to other people. So well, well, as much as I didn't, I had to do my best. We go-karted every single day. Oh, for uh, practising? Literally mm. every single day and everyone from Formula 1 comes from go-karting mm. and I didn't know that at the time. I just did it and there's a place at Marrickfield Go-Karts they would have made so a lot. So you were honing your school on go-karts to at drive Marrickville the Porsche. go-karts. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not there no more yeah. and they actually offered to sponsor me at one stage to race because you get times up in the go-karts mm. and I'd be overtaking a lot of the boys and a lot of the people that did well and they'd have the set times there. My time sat up there for a long time. And then I just, I didn't realise the potential to go into Formula 1 if, you know, all these opportunities, football, go-karting. But then you got, let's track what you've done. You played great football at South Sydney. Yeah, well, I... I, um, I went through a process where I should have played grade, mm. walked out of um, walk out, out of that stage. Um, Bob you just McCart- walked over? Yeah. yeah, we were at training one day and Troy Slattery, um, trick, I just said, I'm going to see you later. And they're like, where are you going? The training's about to start. I'm like, man, it's not for me. And Why wasn't it for you? I probably felt like I didn't deserve it at the time. Mm. I didn't feel good enough. I didn't, Imposter I, syndrome? Yeah, heaps, Russ, mm. you know, like to be straight out and honest. You look back on it now and Trick and that were killing it. And yeah, sl- we're talking sl- about Darren, Daryl Trindle. Daryl Trindle, yeah. Like, and I have to say, mate, he helped me heaps there. Robbie Simpson was there at the time playing, mm. helped me heaps as well with the training. And I think just, you what know, was like, the position? What were you playing? Like, Five eight, um, five eight fullback, um, center. Depend yeah. on who was there at the time, <laughs> but in general, like to me, there was blokes like Mark McGall, um, Craig Salvatore. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and I just felt like I was, I did. I didn't fit into them. I couldn't mm. have conversations. So they'd be talking before mm. training, and I'd be. Just like, you know, what I was going to tell him about the 9.30 I had last night. Mm. And going to training, like I'd been up all night and then I'd go to training the next morning or the next afternoon as well and being knackered, I'd sleep during the day. I was so tired, get up, try and do, make some money mm. in between what I was doing. And it was sort of crossing over and affecting how I could make money. So do you think society as a kid was sending you a pretty bad message? I for just, that, for your confidence to be affected by that, you mm. know what I mean. You got police telling you you're a little scumbag, All racial vilifying you, Absolutely. calling you, you know. And the things I've heard them say to kids. And I just want to track over to something. Do you think those kids in places like Alice Springs, in particular mm. Indigenous kids, are, are sort of going through the same phase you guys went through in Redfern? Absolutely, big mm. time. And a lot of there's such a um, conflict in conversation. The government's at the front of that. Mm. They'll jump up and say, "We need to stop these kids in Alice Springs doing X, Y, and Z." And then they'll put a block in place where if you've got a criminal record, you can't have X, yeah, Y, and Z. So here they are saying, "We want you to be better." But now what we're going to do, we're going to put a barrier up and why aren't you being better? Well, the first one is remove the barrier and allow people just to be 
make a better choice mm. and not feel that they're different to the rest of society. Yeah, we've all made bad decisions, man. I'd like, love to go out there. You'd love to uh, go out there. Man, imagine a group of us and sit there. Same thing, if we sat there, I know we're not going to say, mate, you shouldn't be doing this. They mm. all know that. We want right? to know why. Why, why aren't you stepping into the truest version of you? What's it look like? What do you mm. want to be? How do you want to do it? Oh, yeah, I want to do it, but I can't do that course mm. because I've got a criminal record. I can't get that job. I want to I... ask them kids why they've got a brick in their hand like you did as yeah. a kid and you're pelting under a cop car. What happened here? What's, what's gone on for you to have so much hurt in your pocket? Million. It's all. What's let's, in, let's, let's sort that problem out first. What's in their invisible backpack, true? We, we, let's, let's find out what the hurt's all about for you to want to throw that at the coppers and let's sort that out problem. But if I'm the government, I'm looking at you throwing that cop car, um, brick at that cop car, what I'm going to conversate about is you shouldn't be doing that, Russ. Why are you doing that's that? Pu- and that's punishable by six months penal servitude. And I want to... Go fuck yourself, here's I'll be the, here's the thing. Here's the biggest thing around this whole conversation, right? Domestic violence is huge at this moment, Yeah. right? Young kids, we're getting abused at home physically, uh, sexually, whatever it is, right? Mm. And then we come out to the water and then you're going to add layers where the police bash us on top of what yeah. we've already copped. They and amplify endured. it, yeah. And then it's just another thing. Now, people just got to understand the conversation. It's easy to say these kids make better choices, but... What are you going to do about helping them unpack the invisible backpack? Mm. Why do you want to throw that brick? Why? What's underneath? What's the root cause that's in the ground so embedded Under- that we can't issue. move that tree mm. until we start to say, hey, what we're going to do is work together. We're going to all dig this tree up and we're going to move it to a better spot of positivity around belief I, I, around I, I, and replant it so the tree mm. actually reaches its truest, most beautiful form. And until mm. we do that, we're just going to keep Sling and judgment, Russ. You, you're a bank robber. You're an ex. You're a Z. But this is the thing. You and I and a bunch of us, a bunch of people we select go out there, grab a football, go down to the park. How easy? Let's kick. Let's have a yarn. How easy? Uh, at the end of it, let's have a feed. We interact and we'll go. Hey man, what's going on for you? Mm. I'm not here, mate. I'm not here with a clipboard and, and a fucking crown sergeant that's mostly no. bashed you at one stage, saying you shouldn't no, be doing this sort of stuff. I'm not a representation of the fucking problem. Mm. The problems. Um, and I say that about these kids, the underlying issue are the people that are saying they're a problem, and that's the police. Mm. That's a big part of Not always. Yeah, a big part of the underlying issue is what's going on at home. Absolutely. If them kids ain't feeling safe at home, they're on the street. Absolutely. They'd so, rather be on the street. And that's this whole thing. I mean, I'd love to get out there. Morgs, tell us about a bank robbery, man. Oh, oh man, mm. I, used to, I used to love the thrill. And I, I, but... But I want to do a disclaimer. And you and mm. I have talked about this. We're not here sitting here glorifying crime, but Absolutely. we're just talking about because we both know about the trauma that we've caused people. Mm. And you and I have talked at great de- uh, lengths about the trauma and the regret and everything like that after. A dis- Absolutely. But talk about. Let's talk about the thrill. Like, what is it like rocking into a fucking bank? Mm. And you guys were professional. You were on walkie talkies mm. and everything like that. What's it like? What's the thrill? Yeah. Compare it to parachuting. Yes, hectic. <laughs> <laughs> Parachuting's just as much a thrill. Uh, uh, Without mate. getting shot. Um, but yeah, you're not going to exactly. get shot when you come down unless you're you got to think about that whole level. Eh? Like to think that you could run in a bank and run out and someone's waiting for you, man. And well, yeah. our last bank robbery, the police watched us rob the bank and we came out and we got away. 
It, was it in Melbourne? Yeah, it was in Mate, Melbourne. They, they so, were shooting and they were shooting people at, relentlessly at that point in time. So we, it was, we were very blessed that um, we didn't get shot on the way out of that. We're yeah. bl- very blessed that we're still here. And I think, um, you know, going into a bank and I, my biggest thing um, was sledging the vault at that point in time and seeing the money that you get at that, you know, moment, opening, hitting this um, and you can count safe and then you can sort of count the money as soon as you look, look at, at it. $10,000 slabs of hundreds, yeah, and 5,000 slots. Sometimes they'd be in plastic bags or whatever, but I, my driver or the driver at the time would be like, how much, how much? And Everyone's you got to think about how... Um, Crazy. So you got an ear piercing. This in your, level. You got of an ear life. piercing in your head, and the driver's asking you. Got a burner phone, so you're going to throw the phone. You put it on under a fake name, the whole lot. And you, back then, you could do it a lot easier than you do now. Mm. And then you just buy the number from a, somewhere mm. with, without a camera, and you put Chinese that on a, fucking yeah, phone anywhere. shop in Haymarket. And then you literally then just go out, and he'd be saying how much, and I, as you know, um, all my co-accused in the back be saying. Are you ready? And I'd be like, more than you are, you pussy, as I jumped out the door and mm. I said, I'm the one jumping the counter. You're sitting here yeah. talking. And he's like, move, I'll jump. I was like, ah. Fucking don't take away the thrill. We'd have this crazy sort of thought process. But I think, you know, to be straight out as um, uh, dark as it is for other people and how much we've traumatised people, the reality, and you've asked me this question in conversation, it's one of the best thrills you'd ever have, right? Yeah. You jump the counter, you you're jumping, you're jumping for your life. Goes, yeah. You're jumping for your life, really. Yeah, sick. Yeah. Because if someone sees you and they press the button, there was many people that got jammed in it. Their necks got jammed in yeah. it. They died at that scene. Yeah, Tony so, Kovacs over North Shore. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Every time you jump over, you you're risking your life, right? And then and you that's get the there. thrill, though, isn't it? The living on the precipice of death. Uh, like it's. Cr- to cr- I think when you go to that level of thrill within your life. Then you're like, I can do anything. Uh, mm. That was for me, Russ. That was the lesson. I always take lessons out of everything. Mm. Fuck, if you can do that, you can do anything. You're mm. going to risk your life. Mm. Well, going all in on a business, go all in on a partner, go on yeah. whatever you choose to do in life. And then you're smashing this um, vault open and you're like smashing it so hard that you're thinking, I can't wait to see what's behind this door. Mm. And when it buckles and you can pull it open, and you look and you see what you want to see. It's like the thrill at that point in time to be straight it's like out of the golden nugget. Yeah, it's like um, like relatable to someone finding gold back in the day. You yeah. found your gold, you put it into the transference, you're making sure and then you're hoping that your driver's not saying, hey, Morgs, the, you know, he wouldn't say Morgs, but hey, um, the calls come in you from guys, the bank. You guys... Back and then had a reputation of even waiting until the coppers got there, right mm. on the edge, and, t- and backing yourself in yeah. a chase after it. Because we are obviously high performance luxury cars, and the way we drove, and what, we'd we'd practice the night before, Russ, like mm. the route. That's professional. Different, yeah, different, um, you know, different versions. If mm. we turn left here and we don't get to this spot, what happens? Mm. What is there bumps? And you drive things late at night, no cars on road, full speed because you want to be at full speed when you're leaving the scene. Are you going to get airborne? What do you do? Do you need to slow down at this point? What about this speed? Because um, something like that could throw your car up in the air. Mm. 
someone walks out on the street, you kill them. Um, it was a weird, twisted mentality. It's like, and people, you know, I'm happy for them to share or try and understand it, but we didn't want to hurt anyone. Yeah, same. That's crazy, eh? Like, yeah, I didn't want I to hurt no one. Yeah, I robbed the banks, like, to be honest, because I felt like they'd never miss it and mm. they were robbing everyone. And every, we justified it. We always justified it. Oh, it's going, not your money, it's insured. I done, went through all of that stuff. And, you know? and once I learned about money, I was like, oh, they're robbing everyone anyway. They're using our money to make money. So yeah. I was like, ah, oh, stuff them in my head. As and we a young took on kid, the robbing. Uneducated, you know, the, the Robin Hood sort of mentality, didn't we? Yeah, that was, um, you know, the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves yeah. nickname at one stage because I had that mentality of steal from the rich and give to the poor. You know, in the end, though, I'd rather steal the knowledge, or not steal, learn the knowledge, yeah. sit with each other, share the knowledge, and that's what changed me. That's what helped me be better. But see, this is a whole thing, going through the boys' homes, what sort of knowledge did you pick up in the boys' home? Just how to be better, man, mm. you know, how to, how to turn alarms off, how to mm. steal Porsches, how to whatever it was, you know, how to mm. rob banks. And then once they taught me one thing, I every time I you did something, I learned from it mm. and I said, now we can add this, that and mm. the other to really high performance this space. And obviously now with the mindset, coaching, leadership, um, mm. mental health and wellbeing side of things, I'm able to take everything to its highest level. What can yeah. I get out of this individual? Yeah. Or more so, what can they get out of themselves? I'll kick their butt, mm. accountability, responsibility, discipline. Mm. But what could they achieve within their life? And that's a different convo, right? So yeah. And that's how we operated, mm. um, hence why, that's why I couldn't were, yeah. get, I couldn't say to someone, and I respected everyone's journey. There was a lot of boys within Redfern that were on drugs that were making huge money. But I just um, felt like, yeah, there was times a lot of um, the boys had buckled back then that were on the drugs mm. and um, then they'd miss things, they'd fall asleep and I'd be like, yeah. what are you doing, bro? Or they'd leave their prints being, behind. And, being like, I guess, you know, you, the Back, even then, you apply the principles of what you took back into your life today. But back then, you can't afford to make mistakes because no. that mistake could cost your friend 10 years. Someone, yeah, and it was, no, each to their own. People were dealing with their own, like yourself, Russ, dealing with their own traumas, their stress, and everyone's got a story. But And what we do, we get good at hiding it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to tell the world and you come and meet me at Long Bay. I didn't know your story then. Mm. And you put on this, you know, big-chested... F- Mm. Um, criminal robbing banks, to me it's a different person I've met to who I know now who's let go of the ego, who's let go of the the heartache that they've had and carried with a whole heap of anger projection back to the world. I see you. You're and carrying on. When I say that, you still, you and I, we're still constantly every day trying to get better. And, 100%. Mm. But I look back on that kid who was throwing that brick at these cop cars and this kid that was walking away with a potential career in, in football because yeah, he didn't feel good enough. Now, And I, you ask people that, uh, you know, played football against me or even knew me and how I operated just as a person and they would have said, mate, he could have been anything. He oh, you're known as the bloke could have played world championship fucking marbles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You're good, you know, you're representing <laughs> Australian fucking touch football. Fucking but a- you know what it was, Russ? I had no self-esteem. Um, so as much as... Jeff Morgan here in the criminal world, there was a different world out here, the real world. Mm. And when I stepped out of this world, 
I stepped into this world, the, I was a nobody. And so I'd be at South training mm. and they'd be like, oh, tricky, what are you doing? Oh, you know, all these blokes. Mm. And I'd be like, oh, you know, do I even deserve to be here? I won't stick my head up too high. Should I pass the ball? So I started to doubt how I was playing, mm. all that stuff. And I was like, Ooh, I but, think I'm in the wrong world. But there's a lot, I've seen that with a lot of Koori blokes. You know what I mean? That just have this fucking brilliance, but haven't got the confidence to go with it. And I think, you know, is it intergenerational? So damaged. Yeah. Oh, so damaged. traumatised, yeah. Intergenerational, lack of role models. Um, I was lucky not to have the drugs. Mm. I got on the alcohol side of things. I got into the rack and bendering mm. and all that mm. stuff as well at one point in time, thinking it would solve, you know, mum having cancer. I'm going to give pass that bag in. Mm. They're like, no, nah. we end up punching on in the club over the bag because they didn't want me to get on drugs. I hadn't got on drugs till I was like, I don't know, 24, 25 or something, Russ. Like, mm. yeah. Mm. And when I say that, um, my perception of it was recreational. When yeah. I was locked up in Melbourne, we got out on bail. They had a thing down there, I think it's called um, something to do with time, even though we were bank robbers. Mm. Blokes were committing murders and getting out on bail because the length of the um, remand. Time. Yeah. So they, you, they had this time thing. Precedent exceeding. Um, yeah. I couldn't remember what it was, but my co-accused went, he got bail and I was like, all right, get us out too. And, you know, whilst I was on bail, that whole time, literally nearly every day, I'm not joking, for the last six months before we ended up getting taken down again for more crimes we committed whilst on bail, I was just partying, man. Mm. Like I, I remember driving, um, you know, just wrecked. Like I was a wreck at mm. that point in time and I'd become a whole different version of myself. I'd had so much anger that I wasn't dealing with. I... Blame the whole world, um, and I had to dig deep. And I think when I sat in that cell, I, I let go a lot. And when mm. I went into the prison truck after my trial, I, I broke down and mm. cried. And I think once you healing a bit, that's when the healing began. Yeah, I, I started to get to this point. I think no, I rephrase. I know that I was letting go. I was like, mm. I think I'm ready to just give this life up. I'm done, dusted. I can't do it anymore, man. And got to that point where I wanted to change. You put the brick down, brother. Yeah, and you know how it felt good, to be mm. honest, and I felt like then it became a lot of imposter syndrome again, so I went mm. back to that little self potential player mm. um, that I could have been and then I went to, no, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to accept this time. I've learnt from that way back many years ago that I've just got to be patient on this journey and this is for everyone in life. Be patient on the journey around your business, relationships, mm. but to do that, work on yourself first because a lot of us try and say, all right, this girl's going to fix me or this yeah. thing's going to fix me, that thing. Out. And yeah. it's all an external of yourself. Yeah. Fix and um, not even fix yourself, just define yourself. What do you want to get out of life? Yeah, A to B, here's what you want. That's your intentional life. Seize a see you later conversation. It's not your business. And then start to just be in that process. And at the right time, you, you'll meet the person of your dreams at the same level of person you are. If you trauma bond, mm. what's going to happen yeah. is as you level up, now there's a disconnect and all of a sudden one of those two will become dysfunctional as 100%. such and then you'll find... Two drug addicts going, trying to get clean together is near impossible. Crazy, right? And then if one wants two to stay on... Two broken people don't fix each other. Absolutely. And if one wants to stay on the drugs, Russ, each to their own, mm. but you don't, you want to get into business and do what you're doing now, now you've got to disconnect. You're yeah. coming home, they're stoned and like yeah. now it becomes a problem and if you've got emotions attached to it, now you've got to try and disconnect it and that's a but, hard journey. But what I've seen, what I've learned, learning about your story 
is your trauma started to heal with self-belief and self-love. 100%. So you started doing, would it be fair to say you started doing things that made you feel good about you? Absolutely. All, all about you. And it's selfish. You have to be selfish. People go, oh, yeah, but I want to help my family and this person and that person. Help yourself and you'll help everyone else. Because mm. now you've created a belief to your kids, to your family and, and so forth that they can do anything and everything. And I think... You know, for me, I left my kids posted, Russ, mm. straight up. To this day, damaged relationship mm. with my kids. Mm. And that's like I still have to battle those demons um, as I'm still battling myself to because I, I call like we're all cars, right? Imagine we're all cars, your nuts, your bolts, your steering wheel, your seats, your mm. stereo, all bits of that car. Uh, they should be at their highest level of operation. So they're functioning. Mm. You know, your blinkers, they're working. What happens when one blinker doesn't work? Now if someone doesn't know you're turning, they smash up your ass and now you've got a problem that you've got to fix and bring back just to stable before you start building on mm. that, founda- that foundation. When you understand that conversation, now you can go to a different position where you say, hey, you know, um, I've got to focus on myself what does that look like in relationship sense, financials, um, where I sit with the self-limiting thoughts, behaviours and belief? What is my vision, purpose and why? What are my goals, dreams, aspirations? You could really break down components and elements of your life and just focus on yourself for us because I kept focusing on I'm going to help the community, Redfern. Mm. I'll show them who's boss, F the police and mm. all of the above. But all I did was distract from who I truly wanted to be. Now this girl here is going to make me feel great about myself tonight and now I'm going to get the next girl. She makes me feel good. But all it was was just a little dopamine hit at that point in time that just made me sort another one the next day and I wasn't truly fixing myself and my invisible backpack was heavy as fuck. What I – that healing journey began like an education – you become like what freaks me out about career, in particular Aboriginal people is just how easy they do things at times. Wherever it's yeah. like I remember I used to play football with a little bloke called Clark up at Lifco, and you know they picked in jail they picked two sides: the superstars all on one side, yeah. and the B team over here that every, they're just going to be whipping boys and get flogged. <laughs> and this little Clarky from Wollongong, he's a little curry from Clark, and he put on the steel cap boots and he'd go and I'd say, "Where are you going, Clark?" He's going over here. He said, because I want to challenge myself, there's no challenges over there, bud. Yeah, yeah. My son come on with you, Clark, and he's got the steel cap boots on and he would just carve them up and I'd be wow. running off. He'd make me look Love like a it. superstar. And it was all, he was all about confidence. He was all about knowing they're nothing. I can beat them. And, and you mm. must, a big part of your personality traits is that. Mm, I, I can, whether it's against the police or on sport or playing bocce or whatever, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? What is, what, is, what is this? It's in particular in sport, what is the mindset when you go out there, brother? Because, mm. you know, you could have been a boxer, you could have been a footballer, you could have been anything. Mm. You play Aussie fucking rules. Apparently yeah. you went down there, it was not even your game, and yeah. you went down there and carved them up in Victoria. Yeah. What's that mindset? What, what's Abri- What's the freaky shit that Aboriginal people have got in those scenarios? I think the, the ability to be so resilient for yeah. so long, you get tough, man. You just mm. get tough and you say, if I can do that 
and still be here, then I can do anything. And the other thing I had too, I had this mentality, play each game like it's a grand final. Mm. And when I say game, even a game of life, if mm. this was a grand final right here today around any sport that you love, even just watching, you've never even played sport, mm. how would you play it if it was the grand final? You would go at the ball, like if mm. it's AFL, I'm going to smash you even as my teammate to get that ball so our other teammate gets it before this person does. And when you take that into your life, everything happens. Like magic, people say, Morgs, you're lucky. I'm like, nah, it's bullshit. I'm just smashing you to get that ball every single time. Mm. And if you're doing X, I'm going to do Y, Z, and then go back through my ABCs and I'll meet you back at Z again and let you do a lap around a brock. And once you, yeah. That's a different human being. You like mm. your operational level. And if you do, you think of SAS soldiers, that's how I'm trying to incorporate those habits, those rituals, those beliefs into myself that now I am worthy of that. I am able to do that. And once I got into the corporate world and, and these mental health and wellbeing leadership um, conversations, I was like, these people are leading the corporate world in my head because and it wasn't a judgment. It was just like, Farad, if you're only doing this much, my thought process is I'll do this much. And you know what? I've got the skills. I've got the determination. I've set up 24 hours. I know you've probably done the same to make money. I've hidden in roofs mm. until the morning. And that sort of conversation allows me to go, Guess what? I'm going to wait. If I can wait that long and be that patient and that determined, I'll smash anybody that wants to operate at this level. But the survival, like, like, would it be fair to say it's generational survival? It's like a trait that's passed on. 100 million percent. You know, you've been Oldest suppressed. Oldest culture in the world, suppressed, beat down. Like, the thing about Australia's history at Russ, and this is where it comes mm. from, right? Anyone can watch The Australian Wars by Rachel Perkins. It's the truest journals of the first settlers, Captain Cook, Arthur, whoever, right, and them doing the shit that they'd done to Aboriginal people. And then people sit there and go, let's just forget about that, but let's remember our Anzacs. So to build ourselves into a position where I say, if I keep focusing on the problem, I'll find myself pain. It's not worth it to me. You don't want to come into the conversation, be ignorant and arrogant about this. I've just seen the War Memorial getting this, I think it's $8 billion um, facelift. Put Aboriginal warriors in there that fought for our country, for the women and kids that were getting shot in the back of the head, Mm. which was journaled by the first settlers for no reason Mm. because they were just in a place where the, the soil was great. Come on, man! Yeah. You've got to talk about that. I yeah. think it's it's our, our dark uh, our dark history, our dark secret. It should be talked about. It should and be. It, if you talk about anything, talk about it to bring people together, not yeah. to divide. We people. acknowledge that. We acknowledge it was wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But if you acknowledge it's wrong, how do we still have things in place in Australia? Right Stolen here, generations right now, still happening now. That doesn't or hasn't. Evolved. You're talking to say if I'm domestic violence and me and your partners and I hurt you, everyone's gonna go at me, right? And I do it really bad, it comes out in the media, oh Jeff's a shit bag, right? Why is it okay? And they go, Oh, because it was history. Well, what did we learn from history to be better at the next opportunity? And if mm. you haven't fixed yourself at the best next opportunity and we rob a bank, mm. everyone's saying, Oh, look at these shitbag bank robbers, lock them up, throw away the key. Why is it different when it comes to the public space when you treat someone like that? Shoot a kid and a lady in the back of the head. Like, it's just insane. Mm. And that's not me telling you. That's them. Mm. And the Queen supported them around this whole con. 
push on, make sure you get the land, keep going with that. Watch the series because it's all the journals, it's all, and people can make a sound decision to understand that what we were taught in Australia's history was one that sort of brushed it underneath and then you go into the police and us being bashed, brush that underneath mm. as well. Kids being abused in, you know, um, homes yeah. that are, are meant to be looking after these kids and helping them create change. Like, let's talk about it and yeah, let's, let's be go. real about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, let's be honest about it. Yeah, people. Let's not abuse these kids when they react. Well, because you, you committed a crime, you, you deserve that. Yeah. Tell me that. Is, yeah. is that like, and mm. this is where I think we, you'll find that society then has different classes or levels mm. and people disconnect. Leadership for me around politicians is about bringing people together 100%. at all levels. I'm looking at this Always. new Robbie Kennedy Jr. coming through in the States. I yeah. love him. Yeah. I love what he's doing, man, what he's about. Bring he's about people fucking. Together. Bring people together. Let's forget about wars. You know, let's get people talking about these problems. Get, get rid of CIA and, cut and all them sort of fucking shit stories. Do, do you need to mm. everyone get rid of their weapons and we'll all just get on and live our own yeah, lives? Mind our own so business. much focus. And like Australia, here's another one. Australia just dedicated how much money to the Ukraine. Mm. Imagine giving that money to the stolen generation for the wealth creation that was lost because stolen wages Mm. for our people. So I didn't get a home like someone else's parents passed on. And it's not a, uh, you know, I don't sit here going, why me? It's more like let's be real about the conversation though. If you got two homes passed down to you from the last year and you could sell one and then create the business around your passion of life and that brings you financial freedom so you can travel the world, that's a different conversation, Mm. Russ. To me, growing up in a home, sleeping on a foam mattress with 13 other kids, um, crocodiles, um, cockroaches and rats crawling across Mm. me, loud music playing, drugs, alcohol, normal, badge on it to go to jail. They're two totally different conversations, yet we'll have the politician saying we need to commit and stop crime. You want to really commit crime? Come and sit with the people and create real solutions, not at a top level where you think the data is going to create a solution, but having the conversations with real people in real-time situations to create long-term sustainable Mm. change. I've got a really good analogy for locking people up. It's like your car breaks down, it's in the driveway, there's the roller door. The roller door and you kick all the panels in, you pour sugar in a tank, you fucking cut all the interior out of it and then you push it into the garage, you pull it out in 12 months' time and you don't wonder why it's not fixed. It's crazy. That's the analogy. Exactly, Russ. That's what. And And in your time in boys' homes in particular Mm. where they had every opportunity to address your trauma, what were you offered in in regards to government services? (laughs) Abuse, mm. um, yeah, and whether on all different levels, and mm. that's not just me. So many of us mm. that went through those homes, you re- think you know, you, re-traumatized. Like you look at now, right? I'll use the domestic violence situation so people understand it. But we mm. all want people to be safe, secure, and stable mm. in any relationship. Yet, even in a situation where, going back to your car analogy, the perpetrator. I hit you, and then we go at this person, vilify and push them aside. You go down and break down the root cause of it. Their parents probably intergenerational, intergenerational. So they never got the support to actually say, "Oh, what did you have that physical abuse? What, what happened to you? Sexual? Yeah, what happened to you, man? And I break it down, and then we say, "How can we reprogram this person?" So everyone's it's quick to say, "Oh, Jeff's no good. He hit Russ, right?" As a partner. 
But what about if we were to say, if you've got the solution, this person here, imaginary person says, I've got the solution to your problem. But what I'm going to do is say, you're a shitbag, Jeff, for doing what you did, rather than sit with me and say, hey, have you ever thought about things like X, Y, or Z? And well, then it starts, starts to create neural pathways to yourself to bridge this gap because this is how they basically operate. They mm. come together and now instead of me getting angry and violent, my first response is mm. to hit you. I call this person say, hey, I'm really upset. What I want you to do is go for a walk around the block and when you get back, um, we'll go for a walk and have a yarn. Mm. I have a conversation with this person what happened and all of a sudden you find a different solution and you start to say, shit, it's actually me who's built a particular way and then I can see something that's not in amongst the stress, <coughs> the violence, the first response that allows me to start the change because that person had the solution but they never gave it to me. They just judged me. Now that they're sharing it with me, now I've got the knowledge and I don't have an excuse. And once I'm there, you've got to understand I've got great intentions to stop robbing banks at that point in time or hitting my partner. But at Underlying is a habit that's so entrenched, embedded. No excuses. Monkey see, monkey do. No excuses for that behaviour. But I, how am I going to change mm. that? How many times people try and lose mm. weight on Jan first, mm. Jan seventh? They've already fallen yeah. over. So you got to understand. Stick with that person. Keep teaching them values, morals, yeah. beliefs, different ways yeah. so their self-esteem comes up and say, all you need to do is draw a line in the sand, Russ or Jeff, mm. step across at this point in time mm. and start to better yourself. And, yeah, you might blur the lines at times at the start, but you'll get stronger over a period of time when you've got someone who's got the solution. Mentorship. So, yeah, a leader, mentor, whatever it is. You look mm. at Mark Boris and yourself having these conversations. Mm. Man, I'd love to have that bloke in my corner and just mm. – even if he said, keep doing what you're doing, Jeff, I think what you've done mm. is amazing, he doesn't have to tell me about a million-dollar business idea or how to action no. it. Just to have that says, mm. shit, if he can see value in me, I can see. And then he says, Jeff, you ever thought about doing X, Y, mm. and Z? In, in, uh, he said message? to me, he sent me a message on the weekend and it said, all you needed was someone to believe in you. And that's it, right? How good. And then the knowledge on the end of it, so he says, Jeff, in business, my first thing, I, I see you doing well in business, but one, my first recommendation to take it to another level would be X. Yeah. Beautiful. You got to listen to it. I'll do it, You've got right? the blueprint. And then he says, he's how to do it, and I start doing it. But if you don't give me the blueprint around domestic violence, stop becoming a bank robber or whatever it may be, I'm just going to keep acting out of my program and people are expecting to open up their computer, Microsoft Word, and go, how come I can't use Excel? Mm. I don't get it. Where's, what's going on with you? Yeah. You're talking to a program that doesn't match up to the program you're and trying it's important. to get out of the It's important for what you do today. You're a proper warrior in your community because you, 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 you take back education. You're never going to beat them blokes by throwing bricks at them. You're going to beat them with education. Do you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's if something's not serving you, you can bullshit yourself for us and you would have done it. Mm. I know you've oh, done 100%. it. I've seen you do it on, mm. on the video. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the video Long Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that. It was like, everyone else's fault. Yeah, we, we all blame the world, right, until we can sit with ourselves. And it's a hard thing to do because you've got to unpack that invisible backpack around the BS that you fed yourself all, mm. you know, all your life. That programming. And, and you just go, oh, Russ, don't tell me what to do, brother. Your ego gets in the way and you fuck yourself up really bad. Mm. Because, and people don't have to have been locked up. 
I know what I'm doing in a space. So many times I hear yeah. that. And then five minutes later I'm seeing on their social media, oh, I, I don't want to be on this planet anymore. Yeah. You've got to be able to let go of the control and the control comes from your ego. Yeah, and once ego. you can do that and say, fuck, you know what, I don't care about not having money. And my greatest way to change myself out of that lifestyle, Russ, was this. I used to think, how much did you make in jail? 60 bucks? Mm. If I got 60 bucks in, in my pocket on a Friday afternoon, roof over my head, um, warm clothes and some food in the fridge, I'm blessed. Mm. Because what I used to think is I need 100 grand in my pocket. And mm. if I didn't, then I was a shit cunt, right? Mm. Once I said, you know what, I'd rather but have that 100 60. Grand, that 100 grand was validation. That 100 percent. That 100 grand. You're going to validate, oh, what a great crim, great driver, sure. great bank robber. That's ego. hundred uh, percent. But I, I know if you asked me was I egotistical, I'd say no. no. Humble. I was Even other people, if they said, they go, no, Morgz is humble. But realistically, when you break it down, you, you're living in that space and everyone loving you for that label. Mm really drives you towards making sure that label sticks. Yeah. And you don't say it to Because you want to hear When you're a kid, Morgz is the best driver. Morgz is that. It's like, yeah, I'm from someone. And I'm the same one from Mount Gerard. He's a good, you know, I always wanted to be known as the good crim. Hmm. And it's just and that all old you're mate doing. pushed Cheryl out, his daughter out, and said, There, Cheryl, there's the type of guy you marry. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Hometown any, hero. Anyone that, um, yeah, you know, any family. I remember to this day and um, I'd see girls that I'd seen and their mum still loved me because yeah. I was the hero of the community yeah. at the time. The um, Robin Hood. For, to them, you know, to their, to their daughter. Uh, but yet I was getting locked up and mm. leaving their daughter posted. Mm. What value is that? And you're gonna, now are you going to stick by me for 12 months? Yeah. And that's, yeah. It was, and you pressured. I had you put a weird a lot of... sense, Russ, because I'd hmm. tell them, "Don't visit me. Don't yeah, yeah, go same. and do your thing." And yeah. they're like, "Are you re- for real? I love you." And I'm like, ah, "Don't worry about it." For, like, no, disconnect. And I, I think that's where I disconnect. But were you protecting it. yourself from being hurt, from feeling yeah, things? Yeah, you know, I've seen everyone's partner cheat on them, mm. leave them, and I just went, "You know what? I don't want that." So I'd build these. I'd get into. I wouldn't say relationships. I'd say when I get locked up, just do what you do, man. I don't care. Mean you're done. Mm. Don't stress. And they'd be like, no, I'll come visit you. And when they come, I'd say, mate, this is the last visit. Just I won't come out the next one. Trust me. And I said, not because I wanted them to live their life. I had a weird mentality around shit. That's unselfish. unselfish. But it's sort of look at the scene in in Heat where Robert Dino said, if you see the heat coming around the corner, you never have nothing in your life you just can't cut off. And that's how we lived our lives, Drop it in a Drop it in a heartbeat. It's one of my favourite movies. Yeah, and we can walk away. Yeah, and you can just walk away from it in a heartbeat. And then once I think when my um, daughter came, that's when I started to sort of shift who I was. I'd seen her play with toys. I'd play, sit there and play Barbie dolls and stuff mm. like that. And, mm. you know, no one saw that side and the police always saw me as the villain and... Yeah, I suppose society saw us as just a, a dark mark on society growing up mm. in Redfern. And, but here I was being the best father I could be. And, you know, even. With then, limited skills that you'd learn and be passed on. I was passing on money to my daughter. I'll buy you this, I'll buy you that, I'll buy you this. Mm. All my daughter wanted was the love and some care and to some know that she was listened time. to. To this day, I, I still have that struggle, Russ, with my daughter, with my son. And mm. it's, um, you know, it breaks my heart, man. But, like,. Mm that's the hardest part of it all because, and this is where people say, I'm, I'm sweet. You know, more, even if you look at my socials now, Russ, everyone's yeah. like, how good's Jeff going, right? 
but underlying, and I am in all aspects of my life, mm. I'm still building a relationship with my kids. I'm most still important. trying. And that's the most important thing in the whole world to me out of every, mm. everything I've got, that. So I can say that my life's, I always say my life is bliss based around the elements mm. that I've really fixed in it, all mm. aspects. But having that space, you know, and I was thinking about this the other day, last night, and you might relate to this. You know, I know you relate to us. Who knows that something doesn't come back and bite you on the ass at any point in time? Mm. How much sleep do you lose over it if you think about it? You mm. know, and uh, I've become a better person, and and you and I have done our best to be good role models to the community. Mm. And I think you know, sometimes thinking on that level, it's causing you restless nights. Underlying, you know, that you, you've you been a person that you're not comfortable and happy with in the past. Mm. And I think um, people just don't see that side of you. And they yes. don't realise how raw life was and how hard it was. Um, out of everyone I know, out of all mm. the blokes that have turned their lives around, you were the one of the blokes that is most visible of your past, how you, you're not, you're pretty ashamed of it, you. Yeah. Because, you know, it's taken a lot. To, I've, I've really been encouraging of you to talk you about have, your past. Yeah, you man. You've been because the your past biggest is, one. Because your past is a very important story. And I think, you know, because there's been – and you, you're thinking ahead of the corporate opportunities that mm. may limit limit you by not talking about it. And I yeah. think, for me, that's what people want to hear about mm. your past because you're – because it makes your present even bigger. It's one of the reasons I come out on the podcast again, Russ. One, because um, I appreciate your time. Two, because, you know, you don't share, you know, people can, you, to break that down and understand that, man, scared kid from your own father on the streets, like, you know, you don't know if you're going to get raped that night on the streets, Russ, to, mm. just to be straight out and honest and, mm. Like they, there's a stat out there around women that are on the streets mm. and how long it is before they're sexually abused. Mm. It's not. It's hours. And we lived in that like, fear. There was all you, sorts of perverts around back then. Yeah, you know, things. And I grew up in um, Bondi at one stage. When I say Bondi, I grew up in all bits and pieces. Redfern was the main hub, but my dad and mum were just sort of scattering me around. No stability. Mm. Different schools constantly. No Sem- structure. Samantha Knight went missing from the area at Bondi at the time when I was. Li- we lived just up the road from it. Um, may she rest easy. But in general, like I had now, I'm that age, and I'm on the streets. And like, yeah, and then you get bashed by coppers. I I came out of a window one night, <laughs> and, um, and I remember the copper said, "How much did we make?" And I said, "What?" And he said, "How much did we make?" Hmm. And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he goes, Whoosh, "Give me a couple of little um, touch-ups." And he said, "How much money do you have on you?" And I had, I think it was about eight grand. He said, "What? Three grand?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, three grand." And he took the He's cut, I took mine, and I cut. And for me, you know, like just seeing the world like that from people who were corrupted, could have been world. helping me at that point in yeah. time or should have been helping me, um, there was so much corruption back then. It was normal behaviour and all of the above. But I, I, can, I can sort of go to a story of Pat Jarvis and Jeff Fennick. Yeah. There's a copper that had an opportunity to help a kid. He helped that kid and that kid become... Exceptional, four-time world champion, Un- unbelievable. He's still Jeff, trains that hard that to, to this day. He's fucking Jeff Morgan with the same potential. Absolutely, yeah. Different circumstances. Yeah, I'll tell you a thing around that. I went to um, Newdown Police was at the time. Jeff was there. 
um, Jeff um, Harding. Hardy. Harding. Yeah. Not Harding. I was trying to think of the name. Peter Matreski. Yeah. Like they had a whole heap of blokes. Some talent there. And I remember Lewis. they spoke at Yasma. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to box when I get out. And the boys, like, I'd box in the palms of this bloke, um, Macca, mm. who was a youth worker. <laughs> and. Long story short, I got there and I didn't walk in, Russ. Mm. I just, I no looked confidence. in. Nah, man. So, but then you talk and say, Jeff Moore, I'm super confident. Mm. If we talk about stealing a Porsche or robbing a bank, no problems. But now, but if you're on the field, that's where the confidence kicks in. A hundred percent. Once you, once you make it on the field, or yeah, once you make it into the gym. If Johnny had grabbed me and said, "Walk in here, mate," and what I want to do is hit some, I would have crushed it, right? In mm. that's how my belief, but. I, I looked in and I saw, fuck, you, you can't, you're not at their level. There's a Corey kid from crazy Mount Druitt called Marlon Taylor. Marlon Taylor. And he was Kevin Hinton's best mate. He was a better footballer wow. than Kevin Hinton. Wow. He was, um, Johnny Lewis had identified him as a boxer. Johnny Lewis went to Mount Druitt to get him. Wow. He was knocking out bounces at 14 years old. Wow, and, you know. unbelievable. And we lose these skills, right? These kids, like, or even now, and this is for everybody, grab what you're great at and make mm. that your passion and stick to it, be committed to it, know that it's you're going to blur the lines and you think you're not good enough and all of the above. What flipped me, out of all that, what flipped me into a belief is that I realised if I can do one thing, I can do everything because mm. what I was doing, Fuck, I was man, judging do Jeff Fennick doing like, you know, mm. fork time. I'm, shit, I'm not going to walk into that gym. Mm. Then I realised I can steal a car and it's still doing something and, and being productive around what I was good mm. at. What's the difference in the skill set? Nothing. I can mm. still be determined over here mm. just as I was here. I can still persevere here as I – and now I've got to that level where, you know, corporate – Spaces reach out, billion-dollar companies, Russ, and say, hey, we'd love for you to do stuff around leadership. What do you do? What's it about? Mm. Mm. And if you're not confident in that space, now I say, here's what I do, X, Y, and Z, mm. and they say, mate, we'd love for, you know, what's that look like, mate? It's a three-year or five-year contract. When I first started, Russ, I just wanted to get a talk at that Is that what you're doing now? Because that's what we've got to do now. We've got to talk about what are you doing now? Mm. I'm just aware of the time. Yeah, like, yeah. What's going on with your life? What Three are you doing to five-year contracts with corporate organisations, communities, health services, individuals. I shouldn't say individual, in more smaller organisations as well, three to five-year contracts, tackling everything from mental health and wellbeing, leadership, resilience, high-performance habits and rituals, um, travelling the world doing that. And we're about to hit um, Europe, Asia, Africa, um, 12 different countries, 12 different workshops. I've turned that into a working holidays as well mm. while we're there. Um, so it's just, you know... Sitting that, back at Long Bay Prison, MRC. <laughs> I never thought about that, right? Oh. But knew that I had some stuff within myself and found what I was passionate about. Mm. And then, I, you know... Your purpose. Yeah, yeah, even that. Like I went into personal training, qualified nutritionist, um, for bachelor's degree so you, whilst you I was done, in jail. So, so you've done a nutrition uh, in Victoria because that's the big difference, yeah. yeah. A total difference in the jail system. Down there I had a big knife in the... Cottage, there was four of us in a cottage, mm. bedrooms, no locks on the doors, mm. um, effective communication with those in the unit, ordering foods, 
it created a different space and it came. You were treated like a human being? If I got locked up in Sydney, I think I'd probably still, my co-accused kept going down the same path for us serving 19 years with 14 years for bank robberies and armour guards. Mm. They're five years into that 14-year bottom, which means for those that don't know, they've got nine years minimum left. Mm. By then, if I was there now, I'd be 59 when I got out. Like, mm. So I just recognised things. I shifted change. Um, three to five-year contracts with corporate um, organisations communities, health services and so forth and it's just been a journey, man. And it's you pinch yourself? Yeah, like I think when I – even the imposter syndrome on the first contracts when I dropped those out, Russ, because they're worth X amount of money. And you're, of, yeah. You're yeah. like – And you're looking at the figures, you're going, fuck, yeah, uh, and oh, I never got out of a bank robbery. they <laughs> <laughs> right. And what ended up happening was – well, this was just recent. I sat with the organisation. They said, oh, can you come back up? We'd love to discuss mm. the financials on it. And I came back up and I was like, oh, they're going to barter me for this, you know. And they said, sit down. Um, you've been doing it long. And same, I had to be vulnerable. I said, look, man, the three to five-year contract things have been 2023. thing I've recognised, we had to re- keep trying to re-sign the yearly contracts. Mm. Consistency means you can create good habits and rituals long term mm. and you can work with each individual mm. within that space. And I said, I'm going to do three or five years. Here's what it's worth. Come back up to them and they said, mate, we're not going to pay you that. And I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to have to barter with them for how mm. much. They said, we're going to actually pay you double that. Mm. And I was like, what? The fuck? And I, yeah. When you got a bank robber, you don't run out and the bank manager goes, here's another 70. <laughs> you forgot the <laughs> other safe out the back here. <laughs> well, you know, to me that... I'd sat there and I went, fuck, you know what, you don't value yourself. And that's the same thing. I look back, I, and that was just recent, Russ, mm-hmm. and it's a thing from the past of how we're built as kids, you know, and um, bank robbers and ex-criminals and that thought process. Um, what I do is change and save lives. How much is that worth to someone? If I could take take mm-hmm. away the inner noise from somebody's head versus the next person being more productive and proactive, this person become a leader and knowing that there's no divisiveness within yourself, how you operate and hear a conversation doesn't come from ego, what, what did you say about me? It's yeah. more about... I'm listening, I'm learning, how can we create a solution to this problem yeah. together, um, effective communicate. That's a different beast, right? And now um, I had that realisation, shit, I'm going to double my investment. I don't call it a price, oh. I call it an investment and that's what I'm worth. And now we've sent that out um, and today as an example had a um, contract come through. These types of things show you that when you value yourself and who you are, but to do that, you ha- you can't you, – I could put on a show and say I do X, Y, and Z, I'm, I do leadership, yeah. and then in my spare time go, I'm going to watch Netflix, right, and yeah. eat shit food. Am I training? What are my high-performance rituals myself? What did I learn? Mm. How do I learn about the brain, the, the gut, the function of a human being, your thoughts, psychology, and I'll go through this whole process. So when I sit in this space and say, here's my investment, I'm going to put this down, I, I do it so confidently that they'll just say, yeah, no problems, Jeff. Um, we'll put together this with our lawyers and your lawyers. Let's go to a conversation and come back and sign that and there's All no right. thought about it. Being aware of time, I've got three questions for you. And a one to ten. Yeah. How big is your self confidence these days? And uh, a number. <laughs> there you go. I think it, I'd say a ten, right? But yeah. underneath, like your kids, man, 
that's that kills me. Yeah, um, so room you know, for improvement? Yeah, 100%. And just to make sure everyone knows there's room for improvement in me as an individual, even though I might rate myself as a 10 in this space. I say 10 because I'm working towards business. I know nothing. I'm still learning mm. constantly. But I rate myself a 10 because I'm at the highest level of what I know. Mm. At this time, makes sense for us. Sure. That's where we beat ourselves. Like, oh shit, Tony Robbins knows more than me. I'm a one, mm. and I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm a ten, hundred percent, and I know this much. Doctor Jada Spencer, he'll tell you. You see it, you are it. And what you tell yourself, you what you tell yourself, you believe, right? Mm. So, why, why, hey, why fall short? Morning, morning, Jeff, you're a shit bag, and oh, ex criminal, you'll never do anything. My biggest thing is, um, as I said, the confidence side that's taken a huge mm. hit is what my kids tell me right. and, and feeling that. Self-love, one to ten. Fuck, ten, man. Yeah. I, I feed that to myself every day mm. and I try and be better every single moment. Like I'm so intentional about habit stacking bits and pieces mm. of self-love um, and I do it r- selfishly to mm. the point where my kids will say, oh, you know, all you think about is yourself. Because I want to role model that to my kids. I don't want to just enable something and say, here's money, I love you, here's, have this, have that. Mm. And then what do I teach them? That there's yeah. entitlement rather than some hard work for yourself. For and sure. then if you've got this money, what, go and buy a Porsche. No, how about I'll you invest it? Yeah, and then that investment will re- give you a return on that investment on a regular basis. Get something else. Now you can buy 50 Porsches yeah. if you wanted to. The old adage. Give a man a fish, you'll eat for the day. Teach a man a fish, you'll eat for a lifetime. hundred percent, million percent. Self-confidence. Yeah. Oh, I think even since I was a kid, man, jump a bank counter, get cool. on a sporting field. Oh, my mentality was I will kill you for that ball. Mm. And, like, if I can have that same mentality around if I can kill you for a ball, guess what you're going to do? I'll kill you for fucking business. I'll kill mm. you. Like almost back to the Roman times. Yeah. If you got in my way, Rusty, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to become the emperor. Mm. Um, but do it in an ethical way as well. That's something I'd say to everybody. Don't don't burn your bridges unless they're bridges that you don't want to be in a space anymore where, you know, for me the criminal world is not where I want to yeah, be. Same. And going as much as we've conversated today about the thrill of it all, we want people to understand the truth of it. The truth of it. And where we were and how deeply entrenched and embedded we were and how much we've changed that. So And we were we were up against a system that had its talons dug into us and didn't want to let us go. We had to fight our way. We had to bite, scratch and pull hair to, to break away from that. And people don't understand it. People have this impression, oh, you go to jail and you sit in there and you do courses and they come around and fucking make you cups <laughs> of tea and encourage you to fucking change. <laughs> sure, fucking mate. You're playing from. cards every day. You're talking about how to switch alarms off, how to do X, Y and Z and, uh, you know, as you know, 10, court, 10 people can get into a 300 prisoner jail and 10 people can get into this course mm. and usually they'll do it with people that have been through, you know, like gone in and done Six a months. fraud yeah. or so, you know. White-collared. White-collared people yeah. get it before we that do. Have got, they're getting out the superannuation and the savings and. Because they understand it better. Easier and, control. And it's just like, and then you get a number that says the program worked mm. rather than someone like yourself mm. or me and that was the, that's the real. People are last questions. They asked me 18 when I was at Bathurst, what do you get? Three days I had to 
began, she, the pro officer said to me, what are you going to do when you get out, Jeff? I said, what do you think I'm fucking going to do? And she said, are you going to commit crime? I said, well, you can't stop me from getting out. But secondly, I, I've been at five different jails in this last 12 months. As a young kid, first time ever in jail, I put my name down for every course. And once I went to start the course, I'd do a week and I'd be moved jails. Yeah. What do you fucking think? Random I'm, I'm programmed. Yeah. You're asking this car that only does 100 k's an hour, let's say it's a little mini or something, um, and you're asking it to go to like this Lamborghini that does 300. You're dreaming. Mm. Like what it, don't be, uh, and then people, it blows me away, the conversations. People, that misconception, people think jails and, man, both we fought hard, man. And what about us That's today? not a rehab you know, space. I, and, you know, yourself, Nader, and, my, and yourself, Nader, Tony and I, you know, we've done the Gary Jubilant thing about people to tell them, how, how good does that feel, you know, being awesome. recognised by someone like Gary Jubilant? I think it's crazy that I tell you what's it's great in that sense. I like someone that um, has been in that space and, and can think. Hmm. Juvenile justice, like you'd be crazy not to grab, like don't even go at me, go grab Russ Tone or Nader, whatever, right? If you don't think I'm your person, Russ ain't your person, you want to use me. But you'd be silly in a space where we flipped it not to grab that knowledge and yeah, say, hey, let's put that into a program and let's help anyone as a human being see a different way. Just as Joe said, you're yeah. always going to operate from your past and if your past has been destructive, hurtful, whatever, you'll go back and then you'll act out and I always call fear um, feelings, emotions, actions, reactions. So once you understand that conversation, how you build on each of those levels, are they truly serving you? Because we say that they are. Making money was mm. great, Ross, robbing a bank. The thrill of it, we just explained it to everyone. But then you got to sit there and hear the door clunk every night while your kids sit at home by themselves without a father. Yeah. And you know that. You can put the greatest shell on when you walk out tomorrow morning. Hey, Russ, what are you doing, brother? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good or bad. What was the two emotions in prison? Then, Good or bad. And, then, no <laughs> and if, if you say bad, no one wants to hear. See, that might be like a dirty ass. So <laughs> it's just like, yeah, bro, fucking all good. Yeah, when we get out, we'll do X, Y, and Z, and you, you forget about your kids. But if we have a um, realisation for ourselves and look at ourselves deep, go in there, it gets ugly, it gets dirty, it gets – you just got to draw the line in the sand. You can't change. And this is for anyone. You don't have to be locked up. You might have cheated. You might have think, you know, Anything that doesn't do good for your conscience, yeah, mate. failed or, you know, mm. fucked up or messed up or whatever it is in any space, how can you grab that, learn the lesson from it, grow from it, prosper from it, and that's a different way to look at anything in life. Jeff Morgan, thanks for being on The Stick Thanks for having me. <laughs>